Undog Notebook podcast, a podcast featuring the stories, trips afield, and legacies that are left following great gun dogs and classy bird dogs. I'd like to thank my sponsor, the Pride Dog Food, for their excellence in performance dog nutrition and Orvis for allowing me the written platform for my outdoor writing. I'd also like to thank the other friends and contributors that make this gun dog community such a great thing. Thanks for listening. This is the next episode of the Gun Dog Notebook, hosted by Darrell Smith. Guys, this is uh, Darrell Smith back again from the Gun Dog Notebook podcast. It's been a minute. I just got married and just came out of a honeymoon and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, I just couldn't record anything. But while I was gone, um, I was definitely taking a read in my spare time, I'm taking a read uh, from the book Idaho Rough Grouse Hunting the heartbeat of the woods and this book is written by mr andrew wayman who we have on the line right now mr wayman how are you sir i'm doing very well thank you for having me awesome 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 well i um i really just think it's amazing how you tell a story so well and the book kept me sucked in. It's really hard not to fly through it because I mean, it is a very captivating book. I will say that in the least. So just because of that, what, what even compelled you to start writing a, a, a book on rough grouse hunting? Well, it's definitely uh pursuit to a passion. I mean, I, I love, grouse hunting I, I tell people all the time i'm a grouse hunter and that means you know in idaho we have five different species and i love to chase them all but you know within the last i'd say about 10 years you know my my focus and, and passion has really turned to the rough grouse and, and and i think a lot of that has to do with you know kind of the uh you, you know the romance of it i guess you could say you, you know there there's so much good writing out there on, on rough grouse hunting that I've read and loved. And, and, uh, you know, as I read through a lot of other people's books, you know, I've, you know, compared it to my own experience here in Idaho and just, just, I just love it. You know, I love the, the coverts that I, that I have. I, I love the bird. I love the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it's just a, uh, the rough grouse is a wonderful game bird and, and, uh, you know, I just respect them so much. So, they're a lot of fun to hunt, and, and they're always a challenge. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, I can I can really tell in your book. Now, you've also just as a a literary person, you have a you make a lot of distinctions between uh, and comparisons between two things. Like you mentioned coverts and cover. You mentioned blue grouse versus rough grouse, and and why you like to hunt. You know, each one, but so specific. So. Can you talk about that in the book? Because that seemed to be a pretty big part of you talking in the in the beginning was making those distinctions. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, I mean, to me, you know, I, I kind of define cover as, you know, places where, you know, you might find birds. Right. And, and a covert, 
takes on kind of a, a symbolic sacred meaning. It's a, it's kind of like a hiding place, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, it's your own secret places where you, where you find birds. So a, a cover isn't a covert until you've, you've found birds and, and, uh, you, you know, you go back to it regularly and, it, and you have to give it a name. So, right. you know, I, I think as you read through my book, you'll, you'll, I have plenty of, you know, names that come from lots of experiences like Grouse Cateer Ridge and mm-hmm. the outhouse and Grouse Springs and Grouse Rock. And, mm-hmm. you know, I could go, could go on forever, but those are coverts because there's a history there, there, you know, and I kind of keep them to myself, you know, I, I don't pinpoint on the map where they are, and, and that's because you know I, I, I keep them to myself and my and my close friends. Right, and and I think that's something to be respected. I mean, you know, I, I, it's it's not a, a stingy thing or, or selfish. No, I, that's you found it right. You did the work to get there. You know, yeah. they're birds. Hey, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got yeah, a couple of spots. It's, it's just. I, lo- I love it. You know, I love, love those, those spots. Uh, you know, just going to your question about uh, blue grouse and, and rough grouse. I mean, for so long, I, I would have told people that the blue grouse were my favorite. And, they, and there is just nothing better than in Idaho than blue grouse hunting in, in September. Yeah. You know, and rough, rough grouse hunting in September is, is tough. You know, that's, it opens like August 30th here in mm-hmm. Idaho. Mm-hmm. And and it, you're usually hunting them in thick thick foliage, and it's it's a challenge. You know, you, sometimes you don't even get to see the bird; you just hear them flush. But blue yeah. grouse, you, you tend to catch them in, in in more open areas, and so you're getting better opportunities, better shots. And, and some of the best times in my coverts are when when you you can get after both species. You'll find blues and, and roughs in close proximity. Right. And that's when it's you know magical. So they're they're definitely the birds of my heart. I love I love them both. I love blue grouse and rough grouse. I always say I you know I never met a grouse I didn't like. I, yeah. I love them all. <laughs> Except for the times they get away, then you might be a little bothered. You know what? It's 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 all part of the game. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's you just kind of get used to it and sometimes birds sometimes feathers that's that's how bird hunting is right well you just never know what you're gonna get right and it's speaking of that i have this thing where um i've got hunting buddies and they go out with semi-automatic shotguns and i tell them my reasoning for only using uh over unders or double double barrel shotguns is i have this belief that sometimes a bird just gotta sometimes nature just has to win right Um, I I see that in a lot of grouse hunting. That's partly the reason why this will be my first season here in Georgia uh, hunting them. (laughs) So that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I don't know much about, uh, you know, I've read about hunting in the Appalachian Mountains. uh, Or how do you say it? Appalachian? I say, Uh, look, I'm from Atlanta. I say Appalachian. Appalachian. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I don't. Uh, didn't want to embarrass myself. But oh no! Nah. There's you, some that uh, say Appalachian now. I, you know, it's steep country from what I've read, and and uh, you know they're challenging birds, bigger birds, definitely bigger birds than what we have here in Idaho. They're really? Bigger, bigger grouse, yeah. Huh. A lot, lot more red phased and really beautiful. But so, and and I'm a, I'm learning a bit um, about grouse hunting as I go along, what, what are the differences, gray phase, red phase? Why, why, why is that so important? 
Well, it just depends on where you're at. You know, in Idaho, we, we have um, mostly gray. There are some red and, and brown phase, um, but the, the red phase are definitely uh, less, you know, we don't, you don't see as many. Mm-hmm. And then, then we do have some inter- intermediate phase, which is kind of a, a mix between the, they'll have both brown and red in their tail feathers. Very, huh. very beautiful. Huh. I, I killed one just a couple weeks ago here in Idaho. It's really exciting. I would love to see what that looks like. Did you, did you post that? I did. Okay. Yeah, but, um, uh, you know, probably about two weeks, two Saturdays ago. Okay. Is when we got into that one. Well, I am going to take a look at that. That sounds like, that sounds really, really, really cool. So, just going back a bit, um, let's talk about your, your upbringing and the Idaho landscape and just how did it all start? Well, meaning my, my bird hunting. Uh, um, bird hunting, uh, childhood, did you, I know you grew up with it. So, well, well grew I, up I, with I actually, it with the idea of hunting. Yeah, I, I mean, my dad was a big time outdoorsman, not so much a, a bird hunter. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, um, I can't remember the occasion. I, I want to say it was a birthday, but he decided to pick up a, a, a dog and told me that it was my, my dog. It, it was a Springer Spaniel that we named Charlie Brown. And I was too young to hunt, but, uh, you know, my, my brother, Sean, mm-hmm. my older brother, you know, was, uh, I think, junior high. And there were pheasants still around. This is in Utah. And uh, he really would always come home and, and bring pheasants and ducks and tell me what a great dog Charlie Brown was. And so I, I think kind of, I, I don't know, planted the seed, if you will. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't bird hunt um, until I went to law school, which was, you know, 1998. But my, you know, my family always loved fishing. We always loved the outdoors. We always loved to hunt. But my dad was more of a, a big game hunter. But uh, when I went to law school up in, in northern Idaho, uh, if, you know, it's up in, in Moscow is the name of the town. And, and that whole Palouse prairie is just a cornucopia of, of wildlife. There's just an abundance of pheasants and quail and hans and, you know, rough grouse. And, and it's just a wonderful place to, to, you know, to learn how to bird hunt. And so when I got up there, my brother Sean just lived right across the, the border in Washington and he had just finished up uh, vet school. Mm. And uh, he's the one that kind of said, hey, when you come up here, bring your shotgun, you know, go, go chase, chase birds. And here's the landowner that you should call. And, and so I ended up, you know, when I got up to law school, I ended up, you know, hunting a bunch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My first year of law, law school, and, and uh, I did call the land, that particular landowner and asked him if I could come out and hunt, and he said, yeah, no problem, just come park at the gate and help yourself. And, and that property, um, you know, that was out there, out there kind of, let's see, kind of my theory mm-hmm. was loaded with rough grouse really and, uh, yeah it was a wonderful place and i i hunted it so hard that first fall and then after my my uh first semester in school i moved out to troy which is about 10 miles from that spot mm-hmm. and then after after my first year i moved 
onto that property and I lived on that property the rest of, of uh, law school. Nice. So it was just a grouse, hunt, grouse hunting paradise right. that I lived on out, out there, by, kind of by Deary, Idaho, but just awesome place. Nice. So this is so, one question in, in terms of law school that my wife had for you because, of course, she knew about you going to law school. I've been telling her about the book the whole time. So as she was like, he got in as, in, his, in your 1L year, right? I did. Yep, I sure did. What? Why? How did that happen? She was like, Don't, aren't you so busy? And <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I mean, law school was kind of like a, it was like a being, jumping into an ice bath, you know? It's right. just so foreign from anything that I, that I knew. And, and I, it was so negative. And, and I just, I've, I've written about this, actually wrote about this in my first book, but mm-hmm. I, I just kind of felt out of place and and i you know just before then i had actually learned how to fly fish and 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 uh kind of caught the bug for the outdoors again and, and hunting and and uh you know so just all, all of this kind of took place falling in love with grouse, grouse hunting at, at the same time and so to me it was um you know going out and hunting and bird, you know bird hunting and, and all of that was such a uh, great escape from the negativity and stress of law school. Right. So I kind of developed a system where I would get up every morning at four o'clock, and I would study and read the you know all the cases and and uh, you know prepare outlines and, and do all of my homework before school even started. Smart. And 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 I you know I got to the point where uh, you know I I. Once school was over, I didn't study at school. I didn't hang out with, with people at school for the most part. Right. And I, I would jump in my car and go see, kiss my wife and, and kid and, and then head out to, you know, to hunt grouse or to go fishing. And uh, to me, it was just a great escape. And, you know, a lot of the people at school were like, man, that, that Wayman kid, he's going to flunk out. Because they, they didn't know I was studying. I was working as hard as, as they did, but right. I was doing it at a different time than them. They didn't see me doing it. And, um, you know, I ended up, after my first first year, or excuse me, my first semester, I was number two in the class. Mm. So, so to me, it was it was a great break. And I always tell people, man, I hated law school, but, but there were some things about it that I absolutely loved and that, you know, the outdoors and where we lived and, and learning how to bird hunt, learning about bird dogs, uh, you know, just uh, also a growing passion for fly fishing. Just, you know, I, I got to experience that during law school. So, mm-hmm. so nice. anyway. Wow. <laughs> that is, I mean, that's just, that adds so much more uh, definition for me because like I said, my wife just finished law school, just took the bar. So, we find out this month, uh, probably in a few days, actually, now that I think about it, uh, a couple of weeks, maybe. But we find out soon whether or not she passed. And I won't just tell a secret. I know she did. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm to I'm claim that one. OK, <laughs> yeah. I think that's awesome, you know, and, and, and good for her. But but yeah, you know, I, and I can honestly say I didn't I didn't finish in the top two of my class. I mean, I by the end of the first year, I you know, I'm 
my rank kind of slid, but yeah. you know, anyway, I ended up graduating the top 20, but Hey, look, that's all, that's all it takes, man. That's all we need. <laughs> Get on up out of there. Yeah. And, and also <laughs> your, wasn't that anniversary for you on September 11th? That's right. <laughs> I, uh, I found out, um, that I passed the bar on September 11th of 2001. So I got. I couldn't sleep that night. I was nervous about whether or not I'd pass. So I got up and I flipped the TV on and and I uh, saw, you know, the airplanes crashing into the into the twin towers. So, Man, yeah, it was kind of a bittersweet day for me because I did pass, but right. but uh, at the same time, you know, our our nation was in pretty pretty bad spot. Right, man. That's you know, Mr. Wayman, you have such a, a strong and incredible story, but I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to go too deep into it. Cause I will, I will hold you here all night. So <laughs> <laughs> problem. I hope I'm not boring everybody. That, look, man, I told you this was going to be a really good one. Just everything that I got out of the, out of your book, I just really align with. Um, and so it's, it's, it's a really big deal for me to have you on. Um, I'm a first generation hunter. I'm teaching myself and, this whole podcast is how I got into it. So reading your book actually teaches me something. After a while, you, you you read enough dog training books. That's cool. But I think it's about hearing the stories. And that's probably why hunters tell so many stories. I think that's the way that we learn, you know, how to get out here, right? Mm-hmm. So you also had something else in the book that I really aligned with. And I personally find it to be true. But you made a mention about hunting. Um, you specifically said uh, hunting is an exercise in optimism. So let's talk about that, I guess, philosophically, if you want to. Do you think that the more optimistic you are when you're walking out in that field, the you, you're increasing your odds of bringing back a bird? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've actually written another book that I've loved, I would love to get published. It's just but it's called hunting is hope. And, hmm. and, and I, I truly believe that, that, that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's about your attitude. It's about your, your optimism that, you know, if I, if I go out hunting and I'm, and I'm stressed or I'm feeling negative and hmm. you know, it, it, that definitely impacts the way that I shoot that impacts the way that I respond to the limited opportunities that you get. Right. And, and, you know, so I, I, I think that if you're, if you're op- optimistic and you're, you're thinking that a bird's going to get up at any time, you know, you're going to, you're going to do better. You're going to be ready when that, when it, when it actually happens. And, and, uh, so, I mean, I won't get into that essay, but I've, I, it's, it's very philosophical, I guess you could say that, you know, and a lot of people talk about how hunting comes from a baser instinct, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like going back to caveman days or whatever, which I don't buy into it. But yeah. but that the whole theory behind that article is that it actually comes from one of the more nobler aspects of man. You know, mm-hmm. it's like having that faith that you in yourself that you're going to go out and you're going to succeed and you're going to be able to provide for your family. That's that's that to me is not a baser instinct. That's a nobler instinct of right. man. I agree. You know what I mean? Yep, I absolutely, I absolutely agree. I mean, you know, you're not gonna walk around the woods without any kind of sophistication, especially with bird hunting. I mean, that's one of those uh, 
hunting lifestyles that really identifies with a, a certain type of sophistication, especially with a good bird dog. Um, I mean, you can see it in the artwork and there is a lot of artwork made about hunting, especially bird hunting, you know, that can't, that can't be baser. It's, 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 it's too poetic and too elegant and just, it requires too much of a connection with a, a, a higher source and, and I'll go on my essay, <laughs> but it takes too much of that to yeah. be a baser instinct, you know? For sure. You know, and I, and, and I, there's writers that have kind of compared hunting and, and fly fishing for that matter to, mm-hmm. to kind of a, almost a religious type of an experience. And I, and I kind of cover that, you know, I mean, I, I hunt because it's fun and I, because I love it, but, right. but there's a spirituality to it mm-hmm. that you can't deny. And, and I would say that both for fly fishing and for, for bird hunting. And, and so to me, it's, when you talk about hope in hunting, it's kind of like faith in religion. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Right. So I, I love it. I mean, and I, and I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you can go out and commune with nature and nature's God, you know, using that phrase from the, from uh, the declaration of independence. It, it's, it's a spiritual thing for me. I really enjoy it. Wow. I mean, that was, First of all, that was amazing. I had to write that one down. <laughs> um, but I, I really respect what it is that you're bringing to the literary narrative um, that just makes it, it proves why hunting, uh, especially upland bird hunting, why why we do what we do and why it's so important to get out and walk around in the woods um, and really just observe. So, you know, when we talk about just literary uh, inspiration, who are some of the ones that you liked or, you know, you kind of get inspired by as far as Upland Bird Hunt? So who, who are my favorite writers or who, um, you know, I mean, I, I talk quite a bit about uh, some of my favorites um, in, in the book. Uh, you know, I love Burton Spiller. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if you know much about Burton Spiller, but he, uh, you know, it wasn't, I guess he wasn't t- too educated. I mean, he was, a, uh, uh, I, I want to say he was a welder by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and he also started out kind of as a, uh, a market hunter, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, he just, he just knew grouse hunting and he knew how to tell a good story. And, and the more that you read his stuff, you also get the sense that he was a good person. Nice. And, uh, you know, and, and to me, I, I just love him. He's, he's kind of my idol when it comes to, to writing because I think he, you know, he accentuates everything that I aspire to be, okay. you know. And so I, I, love, I love Burton Spiller. Uh, I'd say the same thing about George King. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of that. Sort of you, I, I wrote about that quite a bit in my book. You, I, I'm, I'm actually getting some of their books after I finish yours, so... I know okay. of them because of you, but I don't know about them until I read. Yeah, he he did such a wonderful job on that stuff. I loved his book, and then Grandpa Grouse, I, I mm-hmm. put right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I have read George Bird Evans and and have liked some of his reading. I don't have all of his books, but I really like uh, Mark 
Jeffrey Volk, who wrote both about fly fishing and bird hunting, or excuse me, grouse hunting primarily. Mm-hmm. And and then uh, Ted Nelson Lundrigan, he's a, an attorney that writes. To, mm-hmm. Out here in the West, I would probably put Don Thomas up there with with the best. You know, um, he writes uh, quite a quite a bit about uh, hunting with labs. Oh, so you could shoot. probably would yep. really enjoy his stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a, he's a wonderful writer. He's a, a doctor by profession, but, uh, you know, kind of an outdoorsman nice. and, a, and a writer on the side. So written some great books. Okay. Well, then, I'm going to check him out ASAP as well because of the lab thing. Yeah. He, he's, he's a great writer. Um, his, his book, Full Hand Blues, is, is you know, probably one of the best books out there on really? birds in the West. Yep. Yeah. And then Ted Trueblood, um, you know, I really like his stuff. Um, he was from Idaho, rode from Idaho. Uh, there's a local guy by the name of uh, uh, Craig Kolchak. It's written. I know him. Craig Kolchak. Yep. Do you? I've I've I'm, I've been trying to get him on. Um, he because he wrote the Pointing Dog, the Continental Pointing Breeds book. Oh, I, I think that's a different. I think that's. Uh, uh, Koshik, uh, Craig Koshik. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking yeah. about the same person. Never mind. Yeah, little, little, little different, but uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. So. Okay. Well. But Craig Kolchak is from Boise, and he's written quite a few books on hunting in Idaho. But mm. uh, you know, I could I could go on forever if you wanted me to. But uh, <laughs> you know, there's well. a lot, a lot of great writers out there, especially on grouse hunting. There's you know, there's just a lot. Of stuff to to read and right. a lot of good writers up. Some of the newer writers, um, I don't know if you know Mark Parman, but he's written two books on grouse hunting, and and uh, I've only read the first one, but really enjoyed that. Really, okay. So. Mark Parman, I am all of these guys. I'm going to go check out because, like I said, that's that's how I'm going to learn how to grouse hunt. I mean, you don't. You know, as far as the hunting aspect of it, you're not going to get pin pin birds, you know, and yeah. put them out. <laughs> so. so as far as hunting in the Appalachia, or I would say Robert Holthauser. Robert uh, Holthauser. I think he's from, he's from North Carolina, and, and he writes about hunting grouse in his uh, high lonesome call, I think. But he also talks about going west, too. Okay. He starts that book in, in hunting grouse in in uh, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I need to get on that too. See, <laughs> you gave me a whole year's worth of reading, and I'm gonna knock it all out. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Some of those books are kind of hard to find, and and you know, kind kind of getting expensive because they're not necessarily in print right now. Wow. Wow. I I definitely think it's 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 worth looking for them. So. Let me let me ask you about this, and and then I want to get into the actual the the hunting stuff. But as far as your outdoor writing um, and your books, what do you think? What do you think makes your writing so compelling? Well, I I mean it's um, I definitely love it. Uh, you know, it's a it's a labor of love for me, and, mm-hmm. and I, I hope that that comes through. You know, and, and, and to me, I, um, I've, I've read a ton. I've read a ton of the, of outdoor books and I don't really love, um, you know, where to, how to type books. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like a good story and, and, uh, you know, and I, I, one of the things that I'll say is I've, I'm, you know, I've, I'm professionally trained as a writer. Um, I mean, I, in my undergrad, I, uh, I took professional writing classes. I was an English minor. Yeah. And so I, I, I I, I definitely know how to write. I mean, I, I, I as an attorney, I um, part of of what I do is is writing. I mean, I, I write, but it's not necessarily things that I enjoy writing. Right. So I, I, I think I've, uh, you know, I think where I'm coming from in, in my writing is is to to write well and to tell a good story. Those those are the t- two focuses. Yeah. That you know that I try to do, and that. And that's that's what I think, you know, Burton Spiller and, and George King and, and uh, Grandpa Grouse, and I, that's what I think those guys did is that they they told a good story. They took you along with them, and, and uh, you know, you got to be a part of their hunt and to you know feel that camaraderie and feel mm-hmm. like you were there. And so I hope I hope that that's what my writing. No, it, it absolutely does. It it actually what's crazy is I feel like. You know, I'm with you walking on those hunts. I, 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 I promise you, you have a very, very, very um, well developed first person type narrative. Does that make sense? It is. Sure. It, I just feel like I'm walking in the woods with you. And as a writer myself, um, I'm I'm actually about to do some blogging for Orvis. Um, I actually just started working on a couple of articles for them. I want to tell a story. And like you said, not so much get into the where to, how to's, but really give something or give people something that they want to read over a campfire or, you know, it's just like listening to a podcast for me. You know, you want to hear about the stories and things like that. And that's kind of what keeps us motivated. For sure. Sure. And I, I, I read your article in, in, uh, uh, project upload. Oh, <laughs> so good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think it. You know, just about. I can't remember the title. What was the title? It was that? on being an up uh, African American upland hunter. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. I, and I think that's a that was a timely and a, and a good topic. So good job. Wow. But you, you know, I, I I will say this about about writing. I mean, I've I've published numerous articles in magazines and I've been turned down mm-hmm. way more than I've ever published. So it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a different style. I think that, that the outdoor magazines are looking for than, than the, what I write for the most part. And, and so, uh, I'm pretty stubborn, <laughs> you know, I, because I think that they have a way that they want things written and the way that they want to, a story to be told but i like what i like right so i write what i like does that make sense yes sir so anyway but i can tell you i've been turned down a ton hey look (laughs) for articles and everything but man well i like your writing (laughs) which is why i have to be on here so (laughs) and i mean that that, i'm actually blown away that you went and read my article thank you (laughs) well I, I saw it and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to check that out. It looks like a good one. Well, <laughs> look, I hope I hope I get a few more folks like you. Um, no, Project Upland, they really gave me a really good platform. And Orvis is doing the same thing. Um, they, these guys are giving me a really good platform and a really good start to something that um, I'm passionate about. And I just kind of want to 
really just tell a story. I mean, it's an, everything is an experience, so I feel like I got something to say. <laughs> sure, you know, I mean, just to just to give props to to Project Upland. I mean, those guys really caught the Upland world's attention, and mm-hmm. uh, they're doing things right. I mean, I. I don't know if you got to read their their anthology that they put out, but they a really good job. Oh my gosh, a, that was actually my next one. I want to get the hardbound one though, so that's why I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. I yeah, mean, I, I was impressed and and I enjoyed uh, you know everything that I read in there. So nice, nice. Props to them. Oh, for sure. I mean, it was Nick Larson and and AJ. They're they're definitely pulling some some weight here. Um, yeah. So, getting into into the dogs and getting into hunting. So, first of all, I, I want to get into the labs thing because I want you to go spend some more time on your personal dogs. But I've always heard that labs were not that good for grouse hunting. And then I see guys like Fritz Heller and you using them. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything negative to say about a Labrador Retriever. I mean, I'll, and I'll just give you an example. I, I was out hunting last Monday, let's see, last Monday, October the 1st, mm-hmm. and we were hunting sharptails, and we were hunting uh, rough grouse at the Royal McNabb, which is a place that I wrote about in my, in my book. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, uh, Rainy was working, uh, we were working one of those thick, brushy fingers that uh, has you know they have elderberry i don't know if you know elderberry but grouse love them right and uh i'm talking talking about rough grouse and, and also sharp tails too so we i'm hunting along this edge and rainy's hunting in the thick and i hear this grouse get up and uh you know it starts to it comes out of the cover and then immediately ducks back back into the you know like it's heading back into the cover down lower and i i swung and i I thumped it, but it landed in grass that was probably up to my chest. It, it, you know, it, it was that tall, that thick. Wow. And, and I'm like, man, I'm going to have a tough time finding this bird. And my, my buddy Scott, who I wrote about, uh, Scott Johnson, mm-hmm. had his dog Ruger. And, That's uh, my I dog. Said, Scott, Scott, get, I said, Scott, get, your, get Ruger over here. And, and Ruger picked that bird up in like two minutes. It didn't even take him very long to find it at all. Wow. So, you know, to me, there's just no better uh, saver of game, you know, when you knock one down like, like a lab. Right. Um, I've never found their, you know, a flushing lab to be a problem in, in Idaho anyway. I mean, I'll, I think a lot of the prejudice against labs out east is that, you know that if they get it, if the lab's getting out ahead of you, you know, and they're flushing birds, you you know, you're not going to get a shot. But here in Idaho, you know, the birds are not as as skittish. I think it's back east, mm-hmm. and and you tend to get you know good opportunities. And I I wrote about my buddy Matt that had a black lab, mm-hmm. and he killed double off of it. You know, wow. that dog Logan. I mean, you did most birds that went down. He, he found them. Right. I, I mean, so I, I love, I love labs. I mean, I've, I've wrote quite a few different accounts in, mm-hmm. in my book about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the merits of Labrador retrievers in the grouse woods. Yep. So. You sure did. Uh, and that's been my biggest thing. I've, I've got, it's funny. My dog is Ruger too. And, uh, I, I spend a lot of time working on his range 
you know, cause, but I, I'm just a full, I'm a full believer that a dog will adapt to, if you have, a, if you have a good dog, um, they'll adapt to the range. They flush a couple of birds or something happens. They're not stupid. I mean, they will, yeah. they'll figure out, okay, maybe I'm too far or maybe, you know, cause they still want to have birds in their mouth too. Just like we want to bring them back. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, you know, as far as smarts and, and companion ability, you just, you're just not going to get a, 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 in a lab. I mean, I'm, I, I don't have labs. I don't, you know, I don't own them, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, when I have one or hunt that I'm hunting with, I, you always kind of feel a little bit uh, more confident that you're not going to lose birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I got to tell you a funny story. I don't know if, go ahead. Yeah. If, if there's a guy by the name of Worth Matheson that wrote this book called, um, what is that? Um, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll, I'll email it to you, but okay. I think it's something like Upland Birds or whatever. But he talks about uh, that he wrote this article uh, about I think it was ptarmigan hunting and, and George Bird Evans, who uh, you know they they kind of consider him as one of the greatest grouse writers around. Mm-hmm. Wrote him a letter, told him how much he enjoyed reading this article, and so anyway, uh, uh, if I remember right, uh, he wrote. George Bird Evans back and said, I've, I've enjoyed your writing over the years and, and, uh, you know, I hunt with labs and, and I hunt rough grouse with labs. And he got this letter back from <laughs> George Bird Evans that, that was just curt, very short and very kind of rude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he, you know, he, he basically said something to the effect that, uh, that you know george bird evans couldn't believe that anybody would hunt a uh, rough grouse with a labrador and he and uh he, he, worth matheson says that you know i i felt like i lost my best friend <laughs> <laughs> my new best friend but, you know there are people that are snobbish about it but uh, you know I, here in the west they're especially they're just a great dog right. you know, a, a working man's dog yep Yep. 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 I look at, at the end of the day, I got them for the next 10 to 12 years. So I guess we're going to be done with them regardless. Yep. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you didn't pick wrong. That's, that's a good starting dog. Right. Here. Right. My, uh, my next, I want to, I do want to get an English pointer as my next dog. I'm pretty sold on that for now. Um, it's so hard to, to really decide on good dogs that you want, but I'm pretty sure I want to get an English pointer. So that's been my, my thing yeah. recently. I've, I've owned, uh, two of them and they are great dogs. Yeah. So. Well, that is cool. So let's talk about your Britneys though. We haven't gotten there and I know that's a, that is your Britneys are your thing. You've got an American and a French, right? I, um, right now I just have a French Brittany. Okay. Yeah, we lost, we lost Misty about. Oh, I think it was back in 2017, March okay. 2017. So, oh, I'm sorry. We just have Misty. She, she's a French Brittany. Gotcha, gotcha. So, just as as a hunting companion, how how has she been this season, or just going forward? You know what? She is is wonderful. I mean, Rainy comes out of a good kennel. Um, I actually learned about this kennel from a guy up in North Carolina. I don't know if you know. Uh, Grace, and I'm not going to remember his last name, but um, he's a big time breeder and, and mm-hmm. trainer up in, in North Carolina. Hmm. And uh, he's got a pup out of this kennel in Montana. Um, 
and uh, anyway, he he told me, you know, that I asked him, "Where'd you get that dog? What kind of dog is that?" on on Instagram, and he said, "Hey, that's uh, uh, you know, that's out of out of a kennel up in in Stevensville." And so I looked into it, and and she had a a litter, and and uh, that's all she wrote. That's you know, he he said he told me though that was that his pup out of that kennel was the best bird dog bird a dog of a lifetime wow and so yep his name is uh charles goyer i believe is his name charles goyer yeah but he uh, goes by the name of grayson i think okay cool no that yep so anyway she's she's been great so she she just barely turned one in last april okay and uh i hunted i started hunting her um you know as a pup so she hunted last year had a great season, uh, got her into multiple species, I think Huns, Blues, Ruffs, mm-hmm. uh, Sharptail, uh, Pheasant, you know, and, and just had a wonderful season. We, we did hunt quail as well. I think we got her into some quail as well nice. for the first year. But she started out this year as just, um, you know, on fire. Yeah. I mean, she probably had 30 to 40 points already. Right. You know, and uh, we've, we've definitely haven't killed all of those birds, but um, had some good opportunities for sure. Right. Nice, 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 nice. Well, I uh, I just, I, again, I follow your Instagram and I, I follow the stories that you tell um, through your photos. And that little dog there is just, it. she seems like a bird machine, honestly. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's got a lot of energy. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember who I was hunting with. Uh, I think it was my friend Scott. Just, you know, he's like, man, that dog doesn't, she doesn't stop. Right. And that's what I love about Brittany is I, I think, you know, you'll see like a pointer or setter. A lot of those, those dogs will, you know, especially from the field trial lines will just burn. They'll just burn mm-hmm. rubber and they're constantly running as fast as they can. But Brittany in my experience, they, they'll pace themselves. And so right. Misty, I mean, she'd hunt, I could get her to hunt all week and she'd just have this, the same steady pace the whole time. Right. Whereas, you know, Sean's dogs, for example, would go out and, you know, hunt as hard as they could one day and then have to be laid up the next day to rest. Right. You know, so. <laughs> just spent. That's what I love about Brittany's. I think they're, they're, they're kind of like the, you know, Energizer Bunny, they just keep going, but yeah. they do it at a smart pace, you know what I mean? Well, look, that's, that is what it is. My, uh, my own dog, he's gotten to the point now where he's learned to pace himself. <laughs> Most of the time, you know, he'll walk at heel until like, you know, till we send him in to flush or something like that. But as a pup, I mean, and he's a lab too. So, it's, you know, it, it just overheats a lot and stuff like that in Georgia. So you have to stop them after 30, 45 minutes. Like, hey, all right, let's <laughs> scale it on back. We still got the rest of the day to hunt. So, I mean, that's impressive if you got a dog that can really just think through that hunting process. Because, you know, and I, from what I understand about grouse hunting, you don't you don't ever know how long it's going to take before you see a bird. I mean, maybe in the morning, as soon as you get out there, and it may take all day. Yeah, you know, that seems like, especially this year, you know, it started out super slow. I mean, we I think opening day we hunted hard and maybe only moved like a bird or two. Right. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
it seems like uh, as the seasons progress, it's, it's it's definitely getting better. Right. Uh, one thing I will say about a Labrador, you know, like you pointed out, is in in the early season here in Idaho, you know, they, they do tend to overheat. So you gotta you gotta watch them. You gotta keep giving them water, and so we carry a bunch of water when we're out. Right. Right. Well, we we do the same. Um, okay. So my my last big thing as far as uh, I don't want to give away too many things in your book, but you talked about you mentioned Rip Van Winkle, and I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. You said that Rip Van Winkle was a grouse hunter. How how did you get to that conclusion? <laughs> Well, it's one of the one of those days, you know. And I, I, frankly, I call it Octoberitis because you, you know, you're sitting in your office and, and you would rather be somewhere else doing something else, you know, chasing birds. But, um, you know, there was just one day I was sitting in my office and I was just, you know, basically dreaming about going out, you know, bird hunting, and and I just had this thought that I'm like, man. I'm like I'm like Rip Van Winkle, <laughs> you know, because he 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 was kind of like the hen pecked husband that just wanted to be in the woods with uh-huh. his dog. Uh-huh. And I'm not and I'm I'm not saying I'm hen pecked. I've got the best wife in the world. But, right. But but you know, um, I think anybody who kind of deals with a stressful job and you know and and, and loves the outdoors could kind of relate to that that Uh they want to be outdoors they want to be doing what they love and and so anyway i had that i that idea i said you know rip van winkle uh, was a grouse hunter yeah you know i'm no i said i'm rip van winkle and then and then it kind of led to well rip van winkle was a grouse hunter (laughs) so i i thought i wonder if there's anything to that so i basically took that idea and i went back and i reread the story and, and kind of went through uh, and, and, and just dissected it, if you will, to, right. to see if my theory was correct. And I, I won't, I won't uh, let people, you know, I'm not going to ruin it for him, but I, I think it's, I think I was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, I think you were, you, you got a pretty good one there myself. I mean, if you just think about the setup of the story, who he was as a person and, Anybody, you're talking to to myself. I'm the same way. I just want to get out in the woods and be with my dog and chase birds. <laughs> yeah. So I think you were spot on, honestly. Yeah. Well, they, you know what they say, um, and I think it was oh, William Harden Foster basically said, "You give a you give a man a shotgun, a bird dog, and a violin, and he won't amount to a dam. Right. <laughs> and he was right. So, That's the thing. Yeah, he was, he, he was spot on, too. But, uh, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think I suffer from Octoberitis. Yeah. Well, I'm, I actually um, have been kind of sitting... Sitting on my butt myself, getting married and got a lot of different things going on. So I had to sit out probably two weeks, really. So I'm getting the itch. <laughs> yeah. I am, I'm getting well, the itch you, to get back out there. You're doing what's what's most important. That's that's awesome. And congratulations to you and your wife. For sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I know she would appreciate hearing that, too. But. You know, wedding's over. <laughs> Time to get back yeah. out on the birds. 
that's good that she'll support you in that. Oh no! What's crazy is she actually um, actually goes out with me pretty regularly. I mean. I I think my dog loves it too because he's like, thank God, somebody with some sense out here. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, she actually goes out with me and uh, we've got a couple of game fairs and things we want to go to. So, I mean, you know, like you, I have a really supportive wife and I mean, she is very much so a part of the gun dog notebook, you know, uh, and she was actually the one that taught that that put a little fire up under my button and got me to even doing it. Um, she was it was her idea that was kind of like, why don't you, you know, actually start documenting this and taking note? Because I had just got in my lab and, you know, kind of just went from there. And she was like, you might be actually kind of good at this. Why don't you take note of this? So that's how we got started. <laughs> yeah, like I said, my book, my my wife has has been probably my. Besides my brother Sean, my biggest su- supporter and my love of the outdoors, and also my writing, she's she's basically proofread everything I've ever written on fishing and hunting. Uh huh. So, Mine does the same thing. I tell you, it is yep. a lifesaver. Yep. <laughs> um. So I have a thing about writing where I will sometimes write as I speak, and she's like, "Darrell, come on now." <laughs> You got to do better than this. (laughs) So, um, but I mean, Mr. Wayman, this has been, uh, I mean, this is literally history for me. I mean, it's an honor to have you on. Um, And you said you wrote a few other books and things like that. Where can people find more information about you, uh, you know, your books and anything else that we can read? Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, we, my brother Sean and I write for a blog. It's called uh, Upland Ways. So it's www.uplandways.com. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've got plenty of information on there about uh, this book, which is, you know, Idaho Rough Grouse Hunting. Um, we do offer, uh, you know, signed copies through. Uh, the website, you know, basically it's, it's through pay, my PayPal account. So mm-hmm. if, you, if anybody's interested in that, they can go to the, to the, uh, you know, to the Upland Ways and, and look at those articles and then, uh, you know, pay through PayPal. Um, you can also get the book uh, through Amazon. You mm-hmm. can get it directly through the publisher if you're, if you're interested in, you know, selling it in your store. Um, so, uh, I mean, and you, you can also, I welcome people to email me if they have questions about the book too, so I can be happy to answer their questions. But, um, I, I, I have another book that I wrote about, about fly fishing. It's called heaven on earth stories of fly fishing, fun and faith. Okay. And right now it's out of print. I do have a couple copies if anybody's interested in that, but, uh, yep. Yep. It, you, you can actually, uh, get that book like on Nook and, and Kindle. Cool. Too, so it's still, it's still available that way. Cool, cool. Well, I um, I definitely want to um, talk a bit about your book on my website blog. So I'll do a little bit of writing on that. Um, you know, if that's an extra shout out for you or, you know, anything that I can do to support. Because, like I said, I personally love your writing. Um, and it, it really well, makes me, you know, amped up to get into the grouse woods myself. 
Well, you'll you'll love it. I mean, it's a challenge, and don't don't let the challenge discourage you. You know, it's 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 all part of the learning process. I mean, I I think I shot my first grouse on the wing, and I probably missed a hundred times. Yeah. After that, before I connected again, you know, so it's it it does take time to to learn, but mm-hmm. it's worth it, and and uh, it'll keep you going back for more. So awesome, awesome. Well, Mr. Wayman, uh. You know, unless you have anything else you want to leave with my listeners, I think it was a pretty good episode. <laughs> I think well, so. I, I hope people enjoy it. You know, I, um, you know, hope, hope they enjoy the stories, and you know, I appreciate the shout out for the the book. You know, I do do appreciate your comments on that. I'm, and it, it, that's, I guess, one of the reasons why you do it is mm-hmm. is you hope that you you know you connect with people. You hope that people you know, find, uh, you know, a connection to, to your writing and an excitement about it. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and I kind of gather that you, that you did and I did, you know, so I, that, that to me is, is why I do what I do. Well, thank you, sir. I mean, this has been a pleasure. Well, guys, that is the end of this episode of the Gundog Notebook. Um, check out the, my website, gundognotebook.com. Um, for more information on Mr. Wayman's book, I'll do um, a blog post about it pretty soon. And uh, I think that's a wrap, sir. Um, All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thanks. And. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Mr. Wayman. Um, was that not good? Was that not really, really, really good? So. Just a couple of other things before we get on up out of here. Uh, first and foremost, there is uh, the Orvis Game Fair coming up, and I will be there. Uh, Ashley and I are going to make the trip out to uh, Sylacauga, Alabama. All right, and that's going to be on October 27th. Uh, and as far as, yep, October 27th, 28th. And, uh, you know, I, if you see me, just, you know, Give me a little shout out or something like that. Just say, hey, um, that'll be really, really cool. I like meeting folks, man. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, outside of that, I'll also be trying to go to the uh, Kevin's Game Fair as well down in Thomasville. I had a couple of things I'm going to be doing down in Thomasville, um, you know, kind of poking around and exploring um, in the woods. So um, outside of that, man, I, uh, oh man, yo, thank y'all for re- uh, reading my Project Upland article. Uh, it's on being an African-American upland bird hunter. Um, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from, from a lot of folks about that article. So I, uh, personally just want to thank all of you guys for, you know, taking the time to see what I had to say and really taking a liking to it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a big, big thing to, that meant a lot. Let me, that, that meant a lot to say the least. Okay. Um, I could actually, you know, salute to that, you know, right, right, right now I'm drinking 113 proof whiskey, uh, you know, salute to that. So you know, outside of that, guys, look forward to more content. Uh, visit the gundognotebook.com. 
you know, check me out on uh, Amazon. I've got a, a little bit of merch there, and I should be coming up with some new designs pretty soon for my shirt. So look at that for rolling out. And uh, I can't wait to get my next guest on, guys. I really enjoy doing this with you all. So, um, you know, if you know me, holla at me. If you don't, holla at me. And uh, let's talk dogs, y'all. Like, I appreciate that one. And I'm going to keep giving y'all, you know, more and more and more and more as it comes. Uh, happy hunting. I hope the season's going well for you pretty soon. We're going to really be getting into some birds soon. So, y'all let me know how you're doing. All right, guys. That is the end of this episode of the Gundog Notebook Podcast.